Hi, welcome to another edition of Igayutan. I'm Diane McGachran, and with me is Esther Green. And we have this show each month to share ideas about how to live in a good way, how to use our minds in a good way. And today, we've, we're going to do a show on grief. We've done a show already on grief, but it seemed like now would be a good time to do another. And to everyone whose grief feels overwhelming or full of sadness, before we start our show, we just want to extend to you our love and compassion. Everyone we and everyone can know you're never alone with grief. Every human on earth faces grief, and in that way, we are all connected. Esther, do you want to say that in uh, Yukton? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mandrauni <laughs> Yeah, thank you. So one thing that you and I, Esther, have been talking about is thinking of, well, how to think about our grief. And you know how sometimes we want to shrink our grief, we want Mm -hmm. it to disappear or to go away or hope it'll go away. And sometimes all we can think about is, you know, how long will this last and when will it end? And there's no way around going through this grief. You know, we have to kind of experience it Mm -hmm. and count on people that care about us to help support us while we go through it. Um, And the other idea we were talking about is to not, you know, sometimes we think about when our loved one has passed, you know, where, where are they? And I think traditionally, Yupik people did not believe like in a heaven or hell, but that people went somewhere, but it wasn't necessarily good or bad like that. Um, And so what are your thoughts about how much we should even be thinking about 
that part, like when where someone goes after they pass? Well, there's uh, there's no place to judge like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditionally, Yupik people did not have hell or heaven mm-hmm. many many years ago. Right. Yeah. Mm. Only they have one person, Samyo. And we were talking about um, the kind of things that make grief harder when we uh, ignore it. Um, What are some other ways that we sometimes make our grief even harder? Yeah. Sometimes use alcohol or drugs to cover up the pain. Yeah, substance abuse, yeah. We never talk about it. Yeah, that's another one, is like try to ignore it and not speak on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is part of what you said talked about how if you fight or try to ignore your grief, your grief hangs on even harder? Yeah. Did you say, mm-hmm. is that what you... That's interesting because... That is what, you know, that's the first thing you want to do, like, when you feel grief is you don't want to feel it. Yeah. And you want to run away from it. And sometimes we use substances or, like you're saying, we ignore it. But the thing about grief is it it hangs on even tighter the more we try to fight it or try to pretend it's not there. Mm-hmm. It's almost like our grief is like, hey. Pay attention to me. Mm. <laughs> Don't try to ignore me or I'm going to get stronger and it's going to become harder. That seems really important to try and understand. Yeah. We have to find ways um, how we can feel better about grief for the time being. Mm-hmm. If you... If you're nice and be kind to your grief and respect it, mm. wow, it'll get softer. Yeah, it, that's and the pain will kind of like move away from you. Uh, still, have those moments, especially when you have flashbacks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you're able to go through them because you're the 
you're the leader. Your mind is the leader. Mm -hmm. uh, the more you fight, yeah. the crazier it'll lead you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, it'll. There are a lot of like. Um, there's a lot of wisdom in what you're saying about how we need to try to accept our grief mm -hmm. and to, in a way, it's like our grief needs to be cared for, mm -hmm. not ignored or covered over or like that, but more how can we care about ourselves when we're feeling mm -hmm. going through grief. I remember like times when you've had grief and you, I could see how you were just letting yourself feel it. Even if it was angry or sad or frustrated, you didn't really shy away from it. it seemed like you went ahead and let yourself have those really strong feelings. Mm -hmm. It's good to be, to have that, especially you need a good listener. Good point, yes. Good listener <laughs> uh -huh. and a good shoulder to cry on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's better when nobody's judging you. I know, so true. And nobody's telling you this. Don't think like that. Right, right. Just letting me be who I am and let the words come out. Mm -hmm. Grief words come out. Let my anger come out. Mm -hmm. um, cry. Yep. And all these. After that, there's always this. It makes you lighter, and it does you good. I know. Instead of keeping it secret. Right, right, yeah. And knowing and accepting, finally, mm. you're going to have to get used to not living with your loved one, knowing that you will never see that person again mm -hmm. for the rest of your life yeah. after this. Right. You and you have to accept it. That's the hard, hard, hard part. And it's a really important part of our grief is being able to accept how it is we have this grief and the way that it feels you would make a really good point about listening and how important it is when someone's grieving to just listen to them and not try to solve a problem or yeah. mm -hmm. talk them out of how they feel or say, oh, you, you, why do you still feel that way? It happened a long time ago. Yeah. And, you know, just let the person, if you're somebody who's listening, you just really let the person say what they have to say without you. And, and when you're listening to somebody and you care about what they're going through, there is a part of you that wants to rescue them or problem solve or, you know, 
say something so that they don't feel bad anymore or try to talk them out of what they're feeling. And we just have to resist that and just mm-hmm. listen in a caring way. And that's mm-hmm. all, a lot of times that's all someone needs is... We don't have to tell the grieving person what to do. I know. Yeah. Just let them be. Yeah. Yeah, so they can work, so their grief can have a, a chance to work its way out. Mm-hmm. So they don't have it all the time. Um, so our grief kind of needs an opportunity to rise and fall. And, and it needs to be free to come in waves like the ocean, like the waves come to the shore and they go back out and they come in and they go back out and grief sometimes ebbs and flows like that um you know when it flows like that in the beginning it's really hard i know very hard but as the time goes Mm -hmm. as we move forward the waves might come and they'll get gentler and mm-hmm. gentler. Yeah. Um, and they won't last as long. Mm-hmm. When the grief comes up, it'll come up in a natural way because you didn't fight it. And then over time, it'll come up, but it won't last as long. And like you say, it'll be kind of gentler. Mm-hmm. And that can be a time where you just take a moment to really um, care about what you're going through, but also think positively about the person that you're missing mm-hmm. just kind of have a like a prayerful moment when that when your grief comes back like that yeah that's kind of a nice way to see it i think too and then you'll be able to talk to your loved ones even they're not there yeah well you were telling me about um some of these ways our way of keeping our loved ones with us and is through naming newborns with that of the loved ones who left us. So do you mm-hmm. want to say something about that and how how important that is? Our way of keeping our loved ones to remain with us is by naming newborns with that of our loved ones who left us. Mm-hmm. Um and we keep still mentioning the name. We don't stop just because the person is gone. But when we name them, we keep those things alive. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And this also, you want to say something about like, um, I think you were telling me about giving gifts and then, gladly, you want to do something with your loved one so bad. And through that... The namesake? Namesake. Mm. You can do things. You can, in memory of him or her, you can give gifts, little gifts. Yeah. It, it, oh, wow. That one helps. You. Yeah. It helps you because you're 
You want that. And that keeps you feeling that connection. Yes. To that loved one you lost. That mm -hmm. is like, what a beautiful practice. I really like that. Mm -hmm. Do you want to just share that little part um, in Yukton? You might have I a... did. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I meant the Yupik, mm. Yupik language. Um, and um, see, when in one of my uh, losses, I have gone through so many losses. I know, yeah. And sometimes... Our loved ones who are alive, they they will see, seem to um, be mean to you when they say, you got to deal with the people who are alive today. Mm -hmm. Not so much the ones that are gone from the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. Your refrigerator is empty because you're not dealing with people who are alive at this moment. What about your grandkids? When they come in, they're hungry. What will you feed them? Oh, I see. Do you mean like um, if we don't let go? Yeah. Yeah, and we're just hanging on? And we stop because our loved one left us. And oh. sometimes even this... I see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even this way of thinking, even if I do this, I know... My loved one won't come back. That that leads someone no. Okay, yeah. I really liked when you were sharing with me about um, what you were saying earlier about if you want to still have that really nice connection to your loved one that passed by giving, having a namesake and then also giving gifts to that namesake in memory of your loved one mm -hmm. is a way to help you feel that connection. And I thought that was really beautiful because you had told me before about how that allows you to slowly back away from, you know, this question that doesn't really have a good answer. Like why, why mm -hmm. me? Why did they go now? What's going to happen to me now? And instead it kind of moves you um, to something where you don't have to be haunted by that question, mm -hmm. but you, more like just feeling connected to your loved one. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that Yupik tradition that you have is a very healing mm -hmm. tradition, like naming the baby with the loved one's name and, um, and then, having that, then having that connection, mm -hmm. you know. That, and I always think that's funny, like with kids, like kids are named after someone who was a grandfather. Yeah. And then that kid is now that person's grandmother or yeah. grandfather. <laughs> I just I think that's fun the way that is. So, so one really, you know, kind of big idea 
is that our grief is a part of life. And if we accept our grief, like with compassion and care, then grief will become gentler over time and easier in a way to experience. Um, and some grief will have on and off for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you're never really, it's never really over. What happens is the grief changes into something that doesn't have to haunt you or bring you down, mm -hmm. but just becomes more of your, just your memories mm -hmm. and your connection to that person who passed away. Um, it does yeah. wonders. Uh, when you, when you have in mind, it will be a good one. This will help me, and I have to believe what I think. This, this will help me, so I have to go ahead and do it. Keep talking to my loved ones that have gone mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or when I go shopping, I, you know, before this, yeah. I stopped everything. Yeah. Because I was angry, mm -hmm. mad mm -hmm. for them going yeah. away from me. Yeah. I even scream and holler and say, did you really care for me? Did you love me? Like you say, you do mm -hmm. uh, all these right. scream and holler outside. I don't care who will hear me. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just take that. But you got it out. Yeah. And then it helped things get quieter mm -hmm. and gentler. The grief part, but so yeah. When I go to the store, I buy, I look at some things that my loved ones love to eat. Oh, yeah, see, and then you can have a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. and then I yeah. start buying them. Uh-huh. And when I get home, there's nobody at the house when I go home. Yeah. But anywhere, as soon as I step inside, I open the bag and say, here, look, I went to store and I bought all these <laughs> for you to see. Yeah. <laughs> so I can share with them, with you. Mm -hmm. uh, that gives me that the feeling of I'm doing something. I'm... Connected to that person yeah. that passed away. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really nice when your grief kind of changes into appreciation for yeah. that person, appreciation mm -hmm. for the connection you had with them. Now that one, that feeling mm -hmm. won't come until it have its own time. You know what? I was just going to say that only, that happens when we first accept our grief and feel the feeling mm -hmm. of it. And when we do that, 
and we hang in there, it will it will begin to change yeah. into what you're just describing, which is mm-hmm. really, again, that's a very beautiful kind of experience um, with our grief. You know, another thing we talked about is how sometimes we want to shrink our grief. But another way to think of it is, is let your grief be your grief. And how can you grow larger? Mm-hmm. Your grief is going to be how it is. But in what way can you grow larger? And we were talking about how, and you just mentioned part of it is how our respect for our connection to others who have also experienced grief, we can grow that, our Mm -hmm. sense of connection. We can grow our compassion for ourselves, for the grief we feel, and for everyone around Mm -hmm. us who also goes through grief. We can grow more love for the world, ourselves, our people. Yes. And so sometimes thinking in, in that way, because our grief isn't going to shrink into a tiny little thing. It's going to be the way it is. So how can we grow our life around it and in a healthy way? All that comes is through acceptance. Uh, yep. Acceptance. So hard to do that, but it is mm. so true. But then if you, it's really, it's inside of you already. Yes. It's just you that have to find it and then start using it. Yep. And if you believe all the positive things, then it'll work. Really good. And I think it's like um, when we think about our grief and we want to grow our life and make our life more full and larger around the grief, we can use like compassion, love, and connection to the tundra, the wilderness, other people. Mm -hmm. Our connection and relationship to everything around us is how we can we can develop that as a way to go through our grief mm-hmm. you know, you know <laughs> i always like this yeah um memorial day yeah yay <laughs> that's when people decorate clean the grave of our loved one yes that helps that one is a help, one of the helpful ways to... Um, yeah, to have that connection mm-hmm. and to give something... In a way, when you clean the, the, where the grave and the headstone, when you're cleaning that, in a way, you're also healing yourself a little yes. bit too. Yeah. And it's like you're kind of cleaning yourself in connection to your loved one. And so I think that I hope people listening kind of got a little piece of something Mm -hmm. from what we talked about. And I wanted to end today's show with a poem by Olinka Peterson, who gave permission to read this poem that she wrote. And I think her poem kind of captures some of what we're talking about. So I'm going to go ahead and read that. So... This poem by Alinka Peterson is called, I Wear My Pain. 
I wear my pain like a parka, beautifully, thoughtfully, patiently designed. Every design unique, some rough, some soft, some rugged. Each piece intricate, each piece fitting gracefully to its own story. Every stitch counts. In the beginning, some stitches are loose and weak, easily broken. Threads of different colors and strengths as the sewer used what she had at the moment. Some stitches were strong, parts of the thread stained with blood as the needle penetrates the sewer, but she never stopped. She continues with all the supplies she had to complete the parka. As time goes on, the weak parts unravel, but the sewer mends and reinforces those tears, sometimes with her tears. Many times, many times, but the parka remains beautiful and strong. I wear my pain like a parka, beautifully designed, delicate, but strong. Yeah. All right. That's beautiful. beautiful. It is, I know. Yeah. And that's kind of how our life is with grief. We sew around it. We sew something larger. We repair but we never have to fight it. We never have to throw it away. It becomes a part yeah. of us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to Igayutet, hosted by Diane McGachran and Esther Green, produced by KYUK. KYUK.